Israel has encircled Gaza City by the IDF. Hamas strongholds are being attacked. Hamas leaders are being killed. Thousands of Hamas terrorists are dying. And Israel is attacking from the air, the sea, and the land, and below the ground in Gaza Strip. These stories and more with Messianic World Update, which begins now. Hello everyone, I'm Monty Judah with Lion Lamb Ministries. Welcome to another edition of Messianic World Update. Today's date is Friday, November 3rd of the year 2023. As you all know, there's a war going on in Israel with the Gaza Strip, the Hamas terrorists, and the IDF is now moved into the ground of the Gaza Strip and is beginning to attack it. They are hitting the Hamas strongholds one at a time, as they approach and they see fire coming from the Hamas terrorists, they then stop essentially and bring in air support, bring in artillery support, bring in the tanks to attack, and each one of these strongholds are being eliminated as they go into the Gaza Strip. They have now successfully encircled and surrounded the major area where the Hamas terrorists are in the northern part of Gaza Strip, and specifically cut off Gaza City from the rest of the Gaza Strip. So nobody's going to be getting in or out of there if you're a Hamas terrorist. Israel, in the course of this week, has nailed and hit several of the Hamas leaders. They pay very close attention to who those people are, the military leaders of Hamas. They have killed a number of the leaders, and along with it, literally thousands of Hamas terrorists. Now, Israel does not go around announcing significantly how many terrorists they think they've killed. They have shared with us, as of this moment of this report, there's some 24 Israeli IDF soldiers that have died in the course of these moves into the Gaza Strip. But I can assure you that the numbers are hundreds and thousands of Hamas terrorists that have already died. The most intensive firepower that has been in the entire campaign so far is happening right now, localized specifically into those areas where they're trying to attack. We now have reports that there are IDF soldiers in the tunnel system working their way into the tunnels to attack them down in the tunnels as well. Hamas has attempted to carry out some ambushes where they've sent troops down through the tunnels to pop up behind Israeli lines. Last night, for example, there was a rather significant firefight where some Hamas terrorists tried to come up, tried to capture some APCs. There was about a three-hour firefight that took place there. About half of the Hamas guys got killed. The other half tried to escape. No casualties for the IDF, and they were unsuccessful. They are aware of that tactic of using those tunnels to come up behind them, so Israel's paying very close attention to that, defending against it, and trying to dismantle that entire tunnel system to take away that tactic from Hamas in that region. Let's talk about the U.S. position before we go any further, sharing with you about what's going on in the war, because the U.S. position is the one that's shifting the most at this point. On the one hand, President Biden has stated and the Congress has stated that they are in full support of Israel, supplying them material assets to support them in the war fighting, ammunition and equipment and air defense systems and so forth. 
However, Blinken, Tony Blinken, the Secretary of State, arrived in Israel today and carried a message from President Biden that they would like to have a pause, not a ceasefire. Actually, there's no difference between a pause and a ceasefire. And they want it just for a couple of hours, supposedly, to help the hostages negotiations, maybe get some hostages out, and to get humanitarian aid in. Now, humanitarian aid is coming in to Gaza down at the Egyptian crossing, but not at the level that the people in Gaza need. They were only talking about a few hundred trucks of supplies coming in, and that's not enough to meet the needs of two million people that are in there. So the president is all concerned about humanitarian aid. He's trying to figure out how to get the hostages out. And one suggestion was made that, and this came from the U.S., that maybe we can actually have a real ceasefire if we could get the hostages released and so forth, and then we could figure out how to go from there. That whole position on the part of the United States is absolutely, let me use the proper word here, that would be wacko. These hostages are in deep trouble. In fact, there's a very good possibility out of the 240 hostages that we've been concerned about and talking about. I can guarantee you that there are not 240 hostages alive. We don't know how many of them are alive or still around, but we already have the evidence. The hostages that previously already been taken have been killed. There's been many examples of they were already killed. So how many of the hostages are really alive and are they okay? in Gaza, in the tunnels, and so we just don't know. Qatar is trying to negotiate. The U.S. is asking for their aid. Egypt is involved in some of the negotiations. There is no reason for Hamas to release those hostages. That's the only playing card they have in this game with Israel. I seriously doubt, and I think Israel knows this too, seriously doubt that those guys are going to make it. Maybe some. We'll pray for every one of them but they're in deep trouble uh, being in the hands of the Hamas terrorists in Gaza City. Furthermore, the U.S. is going around with other nations. And says, now, what are we going to do with Gaza after Hamas has, after we do what we're going to do with Hamas? And of course, Israel's position is we're going to eliminate Hamas. So everybody's in a quandary. What do we do with Hamas afterwards? And as a result of not being able to answer that question at the moment, is causing all the hesitancy and all the concern about, well, what is going to happen and how is this going to take place? Israel has one mission at this particular point, and that is kill Hamas and get the hostages back. Forget about discussing what do we do afterwards. Let's get that part done. There is no sense in having a discussion or trying to hypothesize what we're going to do. I absolutely loved Secretary of State Blinken's suggestion when he was asked by the media about, well, what do you propose be done after this Gaza action is over? And he said, well, we'd like to see the Palestinian Authority. Maybe they could come in and they could be the ruling element. They could give a government element to Gaza and the Palestinians there. A long time ago, the Palestinians in Gaza said they wanted nothing more to do with the PA and Mumad Abbas and so forth. They don't want anything to do with them. By the way, the West Bank Palestinians don't want anything to do with the PA either. They have already dismissed the PA and for the United States to even be proposing such a thing is a, a separation, a, a distinction between them and reality. 
as to what is the truth on the ground in that place. Here in the United States, we have all of these pro-Palestinian and Hamas, supporting Hamas protests in the U.S. The media has actually gone out and asked some of them about why they're protesting and so forth, and they actually are supporting known terrorists. They admit it. The, the, these Americans, American liberals are supporting the pro-Palestinian Hamas form, and they're covering it up with the idea that, well, they're resistance fighters, they're resistance fighters, they're freedom fighters. And quite honestly, and I'm being nice here, these Ivy League schools that are promoting all of this, the professors and the students, are an excellent example of what we call an intellectual idiot. They do not understand history. They don't understand the truth of what's going on. They really are terribly unaware of what is really happening in the Middle East, and all they've been listening to is pure propaganda, apparently. Can I share just a really quick anecdotal story with you? I, I hope this kind of lightens the subject up a bit for you. Uh, there was a time when I was working in the contracting world, and I was up in New England, and had a colleague up there who was very liberal, and was a part of the area up there. And he and I had an opportunity to talk about his point of view as compared to other points of view in the country. And so I posed the question to him. I said, do you really believe, and do you think others around you believe the same, that you guys that live up here in the New England states, here of the United States of America, that you really know best how this country and how the world should be run as compared to all the other people in the world, and especially the rest of us Americans that live out in the rest of the country, like the flyover states and so forth, I said, do you really believe that you think you know best for all of these decisions and things going on in the world? And he paused for a moment, and he finally answered, and he said, yes, I really do. They really did believe that they know best. So I responded to him, and I said, well, there's one thing those people out in the rest of the country know that you don't know. He said, oh, really? What is that? I said, they know the difference between a donkey and a jackass. Now, it took him a few minutes, and he actually came back to me and asked me, he said, so what is the difference? That is the kind of people that we're talking about that are trying to weigh in on what's going on in Israel and the world. They do not know what they're talking about. Now, the irony of it is we actually have Jewish people in America right now in many of those states that we just talked about, are feeling threatened. Jewish students on campuses are being threatened. These are the same people who talked about, oh, you have to have safe places and no microaggression, and you can't be making anybody feel threatened by anything. And yet they willingly are going around with a double standard saying it's okay to threaten Jews in America and around the world. And so they're in agreement with what Hamas has done. They're justifying with what Hamas has done and the barbary they've done. Well, as you can imagine, this has caused quite a split in the Democratic Party. Some Democrats who have a little bit of common sense are looking at it and going, wait a minute, that's crazy. You know, we, we can't support that. And as a result, poor Joe Biden is losing Democratic voters left and right because he's trying to split the difference between the two and can't satisfy either one of them. 
In the meantime, the FBI director has now explained to the Congress and to us the terrorist level here in the U.S. has significantly increased as a result of the war going on in Israel. And you, of course, know that the southern border is rather open, and we know that terrorists have been trying to cross the border. And so how many of them are here, and what are they plotting and planning, and is there a possibility of another terrorist event taking place in the U.S.? Well, the FBI is concerned about it. Congress is concerned about it. Normal, reasonable people are concerned about it. But you'll be happy to know this. The greatest threat in the U.S., according to the FBI, are MAGA Republicans and nationalistic Christians. Let me repeat that for you. Republicans that support Donald Trump and nationalistic Christians. And by the way, that we're talking about the Christian right. And for those of you who are evangelical Christians, you're going to be joined right in with the Catholics and the Protestants and so forth. You are the concern that people consider you to be the greatest threat in this country. You see this anti-Jewish stuff that's going on that we see that you never thought you would ever see in your lifetime again ever in this country. Well, it's here. And by the way, it's not going to stop with just the Jews. It's also going to include all the people that um, believe in God, the God of Israel. So that's uh, exciting news for all of you to weigh and consider. Let's talk about the northern border with Israel. Nasrallah has made a speech today. He's the leader of Hezbollah. And he came out and made a speech. You're, you're going to love this speech. He said, we had no idea that Hamas was going to attack. Now, mind you, one week before October 7th, Nasrallah met with the head of Hamas, along with an Iranian representative. They met in Beirut to discuss what's going on in the Middle East with Israel. That was one week before they attacked, but Nasrallah has announced we had no idea they were going to do that, which is sheer nonsense. In the meantime, all of those rockets and drones and other things that are flying across the northern border going into Israel at the moment, you know who they're saying is doing that? They, they say that's Hamas that's doing that. Hamas is down in the Gaza. They're not up in Lebanon and in Syria. But according to them, that's, no, that's Hamas that, that's doing that. That's not us. I don't know whether this is Hezbollah truly trying to stay separate from what's going on or whether they're just trying to lie, which is what they normally do, and set up the stage for when they actually do start attacking. But there is no doubt whatsoever that Hezbollah has been shooting short-range rockets and weapons at Israel across the border, and there are some IDF soldiers that have, soldiers that have been killed, and there's several Hezbollah operatives that have been killed and they just recently launched suicide drones. Drones that fly over, fly into you with an explosive device. If you've seen any of the imagery of some of the Israeli tanks that are moving around and some of their bulldozers they're using, you'll notice they're building this framework up above. It looks like they would put a tarp on there to be like a tent kind of thing and it's been added to the equipment. The reason why that stuff is being put up there is so they can stop a drone from coming in and trying to attack the top of the tank or the equipment. And Israel has learned that lesson from previous wars. 
And so they built this framework up there to protect them from drones because we're going to have drones coming in and we have them coming in on the northern border. Hamas wants Hezbollah to start shooting their big rockets. Hamas wants Hezbollah to get in the war now as quickly as they can, and they're promoting the effort and begging them to do it. Obviously, Hezbollah is holding back until they get the okay from Iran, and Iran is the one that's pulling the trigger and deciding what's going to happen in this war. It's clear to me that Iran is trying to exhaust Israel and see what they're going to be doing and how they're going to be doing things so they can figure out what they're going to be doing next. But the war with Iran, with Hezbollah, with the Hutu rebels, with Hamas, it's already underway. Everybody is shooting at each other already. So let's talk about the West Bank. We're talking about the region inside of Israel the Sumerian and Judean mountains, where there are Palestinians that are living in those areas. The IDF in recent weeks has gone in and been arresting Hamas and Islamic terrorists. They've arrested more than a thousand of them in the West Bank, in particular in Jenin, the city of Jenin, a hotbed of terrorists that are in the West Bank. Over 140 Palestinians have been killed. The settlers that live in the West Bank area, they are at great risk. There are approximately 20 settlements in the West Bank, and all of the men that are of age, they've been called up for reserve duty to go into the IDF. And as a result, those settlers and those communities, those, there's about 500,000 of them in there, all they have is old men, women, children, and they don't have any men to defend them. And the IDF is not there with them to defend them. There's no wall, there's no fence. It's just a short distance across some fields where you go into the Palestinian communities in the West Bank, and there's great danger, and those people are at great risk right now. And in fact, there is now a ministry that I am very aware of and have worked with in the past it's named Hayabel, and they have a group of believers that have gone over into that region where the settlers are near, and they've been growing vineyards and helping to harvest the grapes and so forth and helping with the other agricultural projects. Many believers have gone over and served over there, staying for a month at a time, working and serving in the fields and helping out with the settlers and those things. That organization has connected now with some other organizations in an effort to help those settlers over there to defend themselves and help them out. Lion and Lamb Ministries and I have also joined forces with them. I have a very particular request that I'd like to make of all of you. I want you to go on the internet. I want you to go to a website called Serve Israel, all one word, serveisrael.com. When that site comes up, there's a little red banner over the top of that thing, and you hit that red banner and you can donate to help raise funds to help defend those people. Let me tell you what they need. They need bulletproof vests, helmets, flashlights, drones, and other equipment like that so they can defend themselves. The only real defense they have is to put these drones up, thermal drones, they put them up and they hover over the settlement and then when the Palestinians try to come in and to attack them or do harm to them or whatever, they can see them coming and the few resources they have, they can dispatch them to be able to defend it. 
Now, so far to date, there have been some incursions. There have been some Palestinians that have tried to come in, but the settlers so far have been able to take care of themselves. By the way, the government of Israel has given them weapons to defend themselves. You may have heard a few references on the part of the U.S. government concerned about settler violence. Settler violence is those people in those unprotected areas defending themselves from the Palestinians. So I urge you, check out that website. Please consider giving a donation to them and help them out as much as you possibly can. Let me move now to tell you also what's going on with the Hutu rebels. Those are the people down in Yemen. They've been launching cruise missiles. And so far, the Israelis, you heard about an American uh, DDG that shot one of them down. Now, Israel has now reported they've used their air missile system and they have shot down those cruise missiles coming out of there. So you have missiles coming out of the south of Yemen, even down south of the Red Sea coming at Israel. And they're having to defend against those as well. Interestingly enough, just today we learned that the Algerian parliament voted to join the war against Israel. Let me read that to you again. The Algerian parliament has voted to join the war against Israel and join Hamas. I'm sure that is just absolutely scaring Israel half to death since they have no say about anything that is going on over there in the place. But that shows you the craziness about what's going on. So let's talk about Iran. Of course, the U.S. right now, the official position is they do not see any direct linkage showing that Iran has called for any of the attacks or is responsible, directly responsible for anything that has taken place in the attacks that are going on with Israel. Now, the rest of the world definitely sees the direct linkage, but you'll be happy to know that the White House cannot find any direct linkage along with the U.S. State Department. As a result, they don't have to respond to anything. And even the attacks that have been on American troops in Syria and Iraq, they just kind of ignore them. You know, as long as nobody got killed, we're not gonna, we don't wanna start a war with Iran. However, let's be assured that Iran definitely sees a linkage between the US and Israel and they are attacking U.S. positions because they see them as joining with and helping Israel, okay? So that just goes to show you the craziness that is going on here, and in particular, the U.S. government cannot figure out whether they're really supporting the war, against the war, trying to... Well, let me summarize it for you. The only thing that they've been able to say really is don't, whatever that means. I guess they don't, can't figure out what to do. So let's move on. Forgive me for giving just a bit of commentary on this, but this is getting to be nauseating. There's no clarity anymore in this poor world as to what in the world is going on. So let me give you a little clarity. This war that is going on is called a war of elimination. It's using guerrilla tactics and proxies to fight. This is not a war of conquest with attrition by nations. It's not like a war like you've seen before. Iran, Hezbollah, Hamas are not fighting for the Palestinians or for the land. They're fighting to kill Jews. That's all they want to do. They are happy to kill anyone to kill a Jew. 
they will kill civilians if they can get a chance to kill some Jews. If they can, if they have to kill themselves to kill a Jew, they're happy to do that too. The whole goal is kill Jews. That's all this is about. They're not trying to capture the land of Israel or free Palestine. They're just trying to kill Jews. Now, let's talk about the Palestinians, and I need to give you some facts and a little history about the Palestinians. And I know some of you are not going to like to hear this, but and the reason why you're not going to like it is because it's the truth. The truth about the Palestinians in Gaza is the following. Now, by the way, I'm not talking about the exceptions. I'm talking about the majority. I'm talking about the very clear, massive majority of the Palestinians. What do they want? What do they really think? They want Hamas. The Gaza Palestinians want Hamas. They support Hamas. They do not support the Palestinian Authority that's up there with Muammar Abbas and, and the rest that are in the West Bank. They've been importing Hamas terrorists into the West Bank to convince the rest of the Palestinians to become terrorists like them from childhood. Palestinians are trained in school to kill Jews. The education materials for all children that go through Palestinian schools, let me give you an example, you know, like the math question. If you have uh, 10 Jews, and four Jews, uh, you take their heads off, and three Jews, you stab. How many Jews are still left to kill? I'm not making this up. The favorite game that they teach little Palestinian children is called stab a Jew. They give them a knife, they give them a doll, and they see how many times can you stab it in a minute. They are trained from childhood to hate Jews and to kill Jews. Women want to have as many sons as they can so that their sons will rise up and kill Jews. Yet, you think I'm making this up? By the way, the U.S. Congress just passed a bill that said before we have any more money going to the Palestinians for aid, we want to examine all of their education materials and what they're teaching their children. And because it's become that rampant, why in the world would we be giving aid to the Palestinians when all their children from their youth are trained only for one thought, kill Jews? That's the Palestinian world, folks. The Palestinians, you know, those civilians over there that aren't part of Hamas and so on, that's who they are. Let me share an incident that happened here on October 7th. By the way, some of that material has been collected up and shown to Congress provided by Israel so they could see the actual videos that the Hamas terrorists shot when they went in October 7th, how they were killing Jews and slaughtering people and so forth. Some of the congressmen have, and the Congress people from Congress have, have been permitted to see that. It's classified. Most of them are coming out of there weeping because they can't believe the barbary that the, they did with GoPro cameras. They, they actually took videos of themselves doing it. There's one example I'm just going to recite for you. I'm, I'm not going to recite some of the other examples because they're so horrific, I can't even repeat them. But let me tell you about one. There's this uh, Hamas terrorist. He's down in the southern part of Israel, and he has killed 10 Jewish people. So he calls his parents back in Gaza, and he's all excited, and he's talking to his mother and his father. 
He says, Mom, Dad, he said, I have killed 10 Jews. I wanted you to know I've killed 10 of them. I have the blood of them on my hands right now. The blood is on my gun. I have killed them. And it said, go to this one app. I've loaded up the videos to show you me killing these Jews. And you can see them too. You know what their mother and father are doing? They're rejoicing. The mother and father of this Hamas terrorist, they're rejoicing that their son has been successful in killing Jews. So let's talk about the so-called innocent civilians that are in the Gaza Strip. We got a very good example of seeing what they look like. Not the ones the mass media wants to show of all the women and children running down the street. This last week, Israel was successful in Gaza City of nailing one of the Hamas leaders. Bombed the place, huge crater. The reason why there's a big crater is because there was an underground tunnel system under the building he was in, and that whole thing collapsed when they hit the building. That all collapsed, a big, big, huge crater. And so they were talking about how civilians had been killed, and they got this one guy, and they were, and the press was asking, so well, there were innocent civilians that were killed there, and so so. Yeah, there, I guess you could say there are some, you know, there were about a hundred women and children that Hamas stationed on top of the building to protect that one Hamas terrorist. And they got killed. And then when they showed the pictures of the bomb creator, if you look around, there's like hundreds of people in civilian clothes standing around looking at this hole in the ground, scraping a few rocks around and so forth. If you look at the picture real close, every one of them is a military-age man. There's no children there. There's no women there. They are military-age men in civilian clothes, all digging for their commander. By the way, Israel hit the place again. I mean, if you're going to get that many Hamas terrorists to get them out in the open, like that, might as well hit them again. And of course, the international media and the U.S. is all concerned about Israel willfully attacking and hurting civilians as they go after Hamas terrorists. And so let me just summarize how this whole world works. The rules apply to thee, but not me. The rules have to apply to Israel, but they don't apply to Hamas. They don't apply to the Palestinians. And the world goes along with that. We do not hold the terrorists to account for what they've done. No, we hold Israel to account when they go to eliminate the terrorists that have vowed to kill every Jew there is. So, moving on. Let me give you a little bit of history about the Palestinians. I know I'm going a little bit long, but this is important information that all of you need to remember. When Israel was first formed back in 1940, there was a war of independence, and it was a war against five Arab armies, and Israel was able to prevail. And the, they, they finally agreed to the armistice in 1949 after Israel was successful in getting a road from the territories where they at to West Jerusalem because the, the Jews in Jerusalem were being besieged. They were going to be slaughtered. And Ben-Gurion insisted that before they signed the armistice there in 1949, that they had to get a road. They had to relieve the siege there in Jerusalem and save the Jewish people in Jerusalem. That's how it stopped. So we went on for a period of time, and it was a series of Arab-Israeli wars. And you can go back and check on the history of this. 
1956 and all, that, all the different wars that took place, Arab-Israeli wars. You don't hear anything about the Palestinians. Palestine is the name of the land that was given by the Romans, but really the people around there, they were all Arabs. And right now in Israel, they call them Israeli Arabs. You know, they don't call them Israeli Palestinians. So when did we get this Palestine thing going? That was Yasser Arafat. He formed the, the PLO in 1967, the Palestinian Liberation Organization. You know, the terrorist Yasser Arafat, who then be introduced terrorism as a tactic in fighting Israel. And the first terrorists that we had were hijacking airplanes and building bombs in vehicles and driving into, for example, a Marine barracks in Lebanon and blowing up Marines. That was their terrorist tactics. That's when we first began to be introduced to Palestinians. Then later on, then they began to build suicide bombs and they would strap a bomb to themselves and they would walk into Jerusalem, get on a Jerusalem bus and blow up the bus and kill all the people. And of course, they've always had stabbings. And then of course, they've always had vehicles where they take a vehicle and they try to run over a bunch of soldiers at a bus stop. These are the terrorist tactics of the Palestinians. That's the reason why Israel was talking about them being terrorists. And the Muslims later on learned some of these tactics from the Palestinians about how you kill yourself and go out and, and destroy the infidels. The Palestinians have never been a people with a nation. They have been born to be terrorists. That's all they have ever been. And Israel is the one who is forced to have to tolerate them living next door to them. You remember back in 1993 when President Clinton got Arafat and Rabin and Perez all come to the White House and they signed that Middle East Peace Accord. And the idea was there was gonna be a two-state solution. You know, there would be a Palestinian state, there would be an Israeli, a, a Jewish state. They'd live side by side and so forth. And everybody said, this is not gonna work because the Palestinians are about terrorism. But they said, oh, we'll get the Palestinians to renounce terrorism. You remember Clinton even went to their parliament so they could have a vote that they would have renounced terrorism. Clinton walked, left that meeting saying, see, the Palestinians, they've renounced terrorism. No, they didn't. They are the same terrorists that they have been from the very beginning, and Yasser Arafat is the guy that got them going. And along the way, I hate to say this, but yeah, there were some Jews who were very upset with this and the fact that they were being forced into this situation, they went and killed a couple of Palestinians in revenge as well. Well, having done that, since the Jews went and killed some Palestinians, why the world has decided to condemn Israel, and Israel is now considered to be the occupiers of Palestinian lands. And a lot of people in Israel think Israel's the real terrorists in the world and that the Palestinians are really freedom fighters and resistance fighters. That, that's the language being used here in the United States by the protesters. They think that's what it's come down to. As a result of all this that's been going on all these years, our leaders in this country are compromised, are morally bankrupted, the media is nothing more than propaganda, spreading lies. 
and the average citizen in this country is wholly uninformed and ignorant about the world and world history. They can't explain how did the modern state of Israel come to be. They don't know about UN resolutions. And amongst our Christian brethren, a bunch of them are also duped by all of this as well. Some of my brethren just cannot see what God is doing and what he's about to do in these days. We're coming to the end of the age. This is what the prophets have been talking about. We're talking about Jacob's distress. We're talking about the things that lead to the great tribulation. The Lord said this, they will deliver you up to tribulation and they will kill you, he said. The love of many will grow cold. But you know, the reason why a lot of my brethren are not coming to terms with this, my, my spiritual brethren, because they can't figure out how all of this fits into the rapture. Because that's all they know about, quote, end time Bible prophecy is, well, where's the rapture in all of this? As a result, you can go online and you can hear all kinds of pastors talking about the war in Israel and Gaza and, and different people commenting on that. And they're rattling off all different kinds of prophecies they think is being fulfilled. I can assure you that Psalms 83 is definitely being fulfilled. But I would also remind you, you better go read Ezekiel 38 and 39 because that's really what's taking place in the moment. We're just waiting for it to get worse. And it's going to get worse before it gets better. So that's our report, folks. You need to pray for Israel. Please consider giving to serve Israel and um, being a part of this. Don't sit back and just watch. This is coming to all of us. The threat is increasing and it's going to be coming to all of us. So you better start paying attention. By the way, I got good news. God is going to deliver Israel and he's going to reveal himself to the world through this whole adventure. Shabbat shalom to all of you.